No one has ever said raising kids is easy. With an overwhelming amount of information about healthy diets, discipline strategies, and the need for more tummy time, it can be really hard to make sense of it all. Welcome to Tot Talk. I'm Mary, a pediatric occupational therapist. And I'm Allison, a pediatric physical therapist. Together, we created Tots on Target to join parents, teachers, and pediatric professionals into one community with the mission to empower each other with a greater understanding of how our children's brains and bodies develop, join us as we discuss the most relevant topics to help keep all our tots on target. Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining us on our podcast today. We are excited to be sharing this week a call that we had a great conversation with Casey Barnes of MamaKnowsNutrition.com or at Mama Knows underscore nutrition on Instagram. Casey is a registered dietitian nutritionist and on her blogs and her on her posts, she shares a tremendous amount of nutritional information and guidance for babies, toddlers, and big kids. So definitely check her out. But on this call, we discussed baby-led weaning. And that is the process by which babies lead the way in how they transition to solid foods. And Casey shared a tremendous amount of insight in how to go about this process and also how to transition into healthy eating styles and and listen to how Casey guides us in how babies learn to adapt to different foods, different textures, how they can learn to use different utensils, and also even what foods you can offer to your babies and toddlers. So there's a lot of information here in this podcast, and we know you're just going to learn a tremendous amount. So thank you so much for joining us again. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen on iTunes, Spotify, wherever that is. And if you can, please give us a rating through stars or comment so that more parents and professionals can find us. Hey, Casey, we're so excited that you are here today and that we are going to be talking about a very, very exciting topic about baby-led weaning. But before we begin, I would love for you to tell us a little bit more about your business, Mama Knows Nutrition, and how it started and what you hope to help parents do. Yes, absolutely. I'm happy to be here talking with you today. And Mama Knows Nutrition has totally become my baby. I love working with moms and dads and helping them feed their little ones. I do some in-person, well, since coronavirus, nothing in person, but in normal (laughs) life, I do some one-on-one counseling with um, moms and dads of babies and toddlers to help them. I'm a registered dietitian nutritionist. I don't think I even said that. But I do Uh that and then I do a lot of work online with my blog and social media and really trying to help help parents get through these messy periods of learning how to feed their kids and make it a little bit easier for them. So I actually started Mama Knows Nutrition right while I was still in graduate school at UT Southwestern from getting my nutrition degree there. And we, for a school project, had to start a blog. And I was like, you know what? I actually really like this. And I was pregnant coming out of graduate school too. So going to work in a traditional way was really not in my plans at the time. And it just kind of came together where I started the blog. I started my own private practice. And that was about two and a half years ago now, 2017. 
three years ago now. So it's been great. Yeah. Yeah. And we are, you know, Allison and I, with Tots on Target, we're one of your followers on Instagram and you just have a huge following and you present some amazing, amazing information on nutrition. Um, so just if anybody is not a follower of Casey on Mama Knows Nutrition on Instagram, you should definitely check her out because she's a wealth of knowledge. Um, but we are so excited that you're here because you have so much knowledge. And we love that you're excited here to chat with us about baby-led weaning because like we said, it's definitely sort of an emerging area or it seems that to me. My children are a little bit older, um, but it's really, really interesting. And I know parents have a lot of questions about what baby-led weaning is. So I guess I'm wondering from your end as a, a professional dietitian, How would you describe baby-led weaning? Baby-led weaning is different from the traditional approach where we would normally start our baby with purees feeding the parent, feeding the baby. But baby-led weaning differs because it encourages the baby to feed themselves all of their foods from the very beginning. So starting right with finger foods as soon as they're around six months old. Interesting. And what is the importance behind the self-feeding? So I know you're trying to get away from, you know, the purees and the pouches of food. What is the importance of the baby self-feeding? So there's a couple of reasons why this has become more popular. One of them is because they believe that children may have a lower risk of obesity when they by feeding themselves. And the main thought behind that is that they are learning better regulation for themselves because as parents, we often don't do a great job of interpreting their signals of hunger and fullness as a baby. And that's not to say, you know, anyone's doing a bad job. It's just no one teaches us these things. And we may interpret something like the baby turning their head or closing their mouth. We may interpret that as, oh, they're just being difficult. You know, my job here is to feed my baby and they're making this hard for me right now. But in reality, they're telling you that they're full. They don't want to eat anymore. So if we're starting off by allowing the infant to feed themselves, decide how much they want to eat, they start off with getting that sense of listening to their body and being the ones in control of how much they need. We also see that a lot of times um, it does help with their, um, their oral motor skills, oral motor development, um, just motor skills in general because they're doing more for themselves. And it can also decrease picky eating. So there's a lot of interesting, you know, it's still very new. So we don't have a ton of great research on it. And it it is very emerging still. It's so interesting that you said that um, as far as allowing a baby to learn some self-regulation. I know, especially in the occupational therapy world, there's a lot more research coming out about the sense of interoception, which is almost that awareness of our visceral organs and being able to tell if we're hungry, if we're full, if we're hot, if we're cold, it's almost being able to tell how our body is feeling. So it's so interesting that you said that, and it makes a lot of sense. You're almost giving the baby um, the power to be able to determine, do I want to eat anymore or am I all done, rather than a parent just making sure that the baby is finishing the entire jar of baby food. So I think that skill is really important and I I love that. Yeah. 
I know when I started Solid Foods with my babies, I was very anxious because I I bottle fed my babies and I knew exactly how many ounces they were getting. And when we transitioned to solids, I was very nervous. Like, are they going to be able to make it to the next bottle or the next meal? And it, I was nervous about it. So is this something that parents should trust their babies to understand those instincts right away? Is it something that develops over time? How about those parents that are anxious? Like, is my baby getting enough nutrition? Yes, I totally hear you on that. And that is something that I talk with parents so frequently because it's so common to be nervous about that. Because really, I mean, it makes sense. From the time your baby is born, your main goal is to keep them alive and keep them fed. And so we really tie like how well we're doing and how well they're doing by them getting enough to eat, making sure that they're able to grow properly and all of that. So that makes a lot of sense. They are actually born with this ability to to have that internal mechanism to tell them I'm hungry and I'm full. So even an infant, you know, they'll cry when they're hungry. They let you know. And then even with bottle feeding, um, they can show you those signs as well of, you know, batting the bottle away, turning their head, fussing at the bottle. So they really are in tune. And what happens over time is that if the parent is too involved with this, what can happen over time is that the child, if they are, if they rely, if they start to rely on their parent to tell them you need more or you're done, then they lose that ability to tune in to those internal cues. So we can trust our baby. All that to say, we can trust our baby to know how much they need. It's just a matter of really learning what those signals are and then having a, a appropriate routine for them so that it's fairly reliable when they're going to be fed so that they um, basically you just want to make sure they're getting enough opportunities as long as you're providing them enough feeding opportunities throughout the day they are capable of taking in the amount that they need. Yeah, that, that's, that's super. Yeah, helpful. that's very interesting. And I'm I'm wondering, so when we're talking about baby led weaning, at what age can parents start this process? Is there a certain age or are there signs that you would want to look for as a dietitian to yeah. let to almost signal the parents that okay, I think that you're ready to begin this process? Yes, that's a great question. And it's really both. You know, sometimes pediatricians will say, oh, it's four months, your baby's ready to start solids. And what we're really encouraging now more is to wait until closer to six months, because there are signs that we want to see developmentally. We want babies to sit unassisted and have that trunk support. Um, You know, they don't have to be able to sit for an hour by themselves, but they should be able to do that. We want them to lose that tongue thrust reflex of, you know, put something in the mouth. You don't want them to just thrust their tongue out. That should be gone. We want them to have an interest in food. So usually when you, you know, when your baby starts wanting, they see what you're eating, they're interested in it and being able to bring toys and other objects to their mouth. There's really no reason to start a baby much earlier. It's not, you know, sometimes people think, oh, they'll sleep better if I add more solids. But 
they actually get usually more calories per ounce of breast milk or formula than a lot of traditional first baby foods, for example, like fruit or vegetables can be very low calorie and that's not actually going to increase how much they're getting. Um, they're not going to grow faster, you know, so really uh, up until about that six month mark, there's no reason to start. And if you are going to do baby led weaning, then you really don't want to start any earlier than six months. Is baby led weaning almost like an all or nothing? Meaning can parents do purees while simultaneously going through the baby um, led weaning process? Or is it something you sort of have to like commit to this process and follow through? You can do a mix for sure. There are definitely mm-hmm. websites out there and people who will say, no, you like baby led weaning is only if you go all the way. But I really don't believe that, especially it really depends on the caregiver's comfort level in doing this. And maybe it's that, you know, when they go to grandma's house, grandma does spoon feed the baby and that's okay. Or you may choose to do a combo of serving a puree where you're feeding the baby at the meal, but also putting those finger foods out there and just giving them an opportunity to see what they do with it if they do go for it. Some babies I've noticed with working with parents that some really are drawn to feeding themselves right away and they want that independence and others aren't necessarily as interested. So it it definitely doesn't have to be an all or nothing kind of thing. I think it also really depends on the foods that you're introducing. So if you want to introduce something like yogurt, which doctors recommend, I don't know what your take on that is, but that's a hard thing for babies to <laughs> self-feed with. Yes, because they, like they will paint their face. I mean, you can't. Right. <laughs> They're going <laughs> to smear it all over themselves. So, and something that you can do, especially with a thicker food, because yeah, we... I think there can be this idea of like purees are wrong if you're going to do baby led weaning, but we even as adults eat purees. It's not inappropriate for a baby to eat that sort of texture. It's good for them to be introduced to a wide variety of textures. So, but what you can do if you want to go more the baby led weaning route is that you can start by preloading that spoon for them, putting it in their hand hand over hand, if you want you to help bring that to their mouth and really guide them through that process. That's really interesting. Yeah. That's a good idea. And I have a question, Casey. Um, so when kids or babies are first starting to transition to solids, um, I know usually my, my pediatrician said, we'll start with some mild vegetables first. I think my son's first puree was like zucchini or something like that. Is the progression similar with baby led weaning, do you start with certain foods or do you just explore with your little one and see what he or she gravitates towards? Yeah, I mean, you still want to start off kind of slow and not jump into a full meal. It can be overwhelming for them as well. But I would say start mm-hmm. off with the foods that you're eating. And so maybe you're going to make roasted carrots with your dinner. Make sure that, you know, if you're doing baby led weaning, you want to make sure that things are kind of finger size, your finger size or fry shape where the baby's able to grasp it. It should be soft enough where you could mash it with your tongue to the roof of your mouth. It's not like we're giving baby a head of raw broccoli and like, go ahead. You know, it still has to be um, developmentally appropriate. But I mean, I even encourage meat 
to be as a first food, like really tender cooked kind of stewed or slow cooker meat that they can even just sort of start by sucking on. Um, And the reason for that is because we want babies to start getting iron in their diet, but that doesn't have to be, you know, a traditional recommendation would be the iron fortified cereals, which now I think doctors recommend it less, but they still may. And you really don't have to do that. So you can start with fruits and vegetables, but I also like to see like a protein and a fat in there to help with that nutrient density, um, caloric density, really, and then also getting the iron in there too. I used to give my kids like crumbled up hamburger, which they loved because it was like mm-hmm. something that they can make really small and it did crumble in the mouth. Is that a, is that a safe idea? I can't remember what age yeah, I started yeah. with. So that, that would be fine too, like a ground meat. And even if, if to me, it always is really weird looking to do this, to make like meat finger shape, you know, like a burger mm. in that long shape for them to uh, hold on to. But once they have that pincer grasp and they can get those small pieces, then you can do that as well. It's just when they're starting out, most babies, you know, really can't get those small pieces yet with their fingertips. And so that finger size is what usually works best. It's so interesting you said that because I think our natural, our or my natural response at first would have been, oh, cut everything really, really small so baby doesn't choke. Mm-hmm. But I understand what you're saying. If you make it in a size, you don't like like the length of your finger, especially a baby of, you know, seven months doesn't have a refined pincer grasp yet. So it would be hard to pick up pieces that are too small. So you're saying to make the pieces a little bit larger so the baby can probably use like a whole grasp on it and be able to hold it a little bit more easily. Absolutely. Yes, that's exactly right. And then, you know, parents get real nervous about the gagging and the choking. And I understand why. And one of the things is just being educated on what is gagging versus what is choking. But also to make parents more comfortable, I remind them that a baby's gag reflex is actually way more forward in their mouth than ours as an adult. So it doesn't have to get back too far before they have that that natural gagging instinct. And that does help keep them safe. That that makes a lot of sense. So I know that you mentioned about the size. Um, let's just talk about um, things like, I know you mentioned spoons and you said that usually what you would do is you would load the spoon and then offer the spoon to the baby to see if the baby could self-feed with the spoon. How do you feel about some of those, like I've seen them in Bye Bye Baby, like those mesh bags where you can put and the baby sucks. Is that the same thing or not really? You know, I don't love those as much, mostly because I really do want babies to experience experience the actual feeling of the food, get messy, which I know parents aren't always super excited about that part, but it is so good for them to have that um, that tactile input and just u- using all of their senses, developing all of their senses by um, exploring those foods. So I wouldn't say it's bad. And it could be a first step for um, a parent who's like, you know, feeling a little bit nervous, but wants to explore past purees. And so that might just make them feel a little more comfortable. But I would say that would be more of like a a very short-term solution and you'd want to progress past that. 
I can definitely appreciate the the tactosensory exploration from self-feeding. Um, as an OT, certainly the baby can start to feel the textures, and it's really just so wonderful. So what I think I heard you saying before, and I just want to make a point, um, you had mentioned really with baby-led weaning, it, you're feeding your baby almost what you yourself are eating. So if I'm hearing that correctly, in a way, it's kind of a relief for parents because they don't have to buy all of this extra baby food your baby can almost eat what you're eating as long as it's prepared in a way that the baby could handle it and manipulate it, right? Yes, exactly. That is exactly right. And if you think about kind of the traditional meal of having a protein, um, of having a, uh, a vegetable, having a starch, that's kind of what, you know, once they progress past their first several days, you know, I, I wouldn't say give them a full meal their first couple days of eating. But once you get past those first few weeks, like an example would be a beef stew. So you could give your baby pieces of the beef shredded. You could give them carrot that you sliced thinly for them. You could give them a potato piece. So the one big difference is that we don't want salt on it for baby so it's funny, my brother is a chef and he's so used to, you know, he seasons as he goes, as he's cooking and um, has all, he's taught me about all the layers of the flavor and the salt and all that. But for baby, when you're cooking your food together with theirs, you really want to wait to season your food with salt. That doesn't mean you can't add flavor. Like it, it's great to add other seasonings, herbs, spices. It's just the salt that we have to hold, hold off for baby. But it is, yeah, it's easier because you're not thinking about a completely separate meal for your baby. It's just kind of thinking about what you can eat that they can also eat. Other than salt, what other foods should parents be aware of? I, I know below age one, there are definitely some allergy alerts on certain foods. So what are those that parents should stay away from? Besides salt, and they can have a little bit of salt, like don't go freaking out if they have a little bit. But other than that, honey is the main one to avoid under one because there is a risk of botulism there that their infant system just isn't prepared to fight off the way that ours as an adult could easily fight off. So honey is a definite no. I'd say staying away from added sugars in general, just so that your baby one, you know, we want to maximize the nutrition that they're getting in this critical growth and development phase and added sugar, meaning any sort of like maple syrup, any, you know, white sugar, brown sugar, any of that um, is just not contributing nutritional value. So I really encourage parents to limit that. Also just so babies get used to tastes that aren't overly sweet and doesn't start expecting that. And in terms of allergies, the recommendations have actually changed a lot over the years. And you can start now with allergen introduction pretty much as soon as you start solids. So in the past, the I don't know how old your children are, but even maybe five to 10 years ago, you were told to wait to introduce allergies and now, or introduce allergens. And now what they're saying is introduce peanuts right away, um, safely, of course, as a nut butter um, introduce egg, introduce dairy, like yogurt, introduce tree nuts, introduce fish and shellfish. So you really don't have to wait 
on those. And it's actually better for the child not to wait. That's so interesting that that so much has come out with the research that they have changed those things. Because yes, when my oldest are nine, it was completely different. You had to wait a lot longer to start those foods. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so people still now, I mean, it's not at, a lot of people still don't know that because, you know, when people moms are starting college, they'll ask their friends who have older kids. They'll ask their mom. They, they ask the people they trust and those people have that outdated information. So a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. When we were talking about the age ranges before, you mentioned something I think that was important and you were talking about some of the trunk control and the ability to sit. And I'm just wondering if you could just elaborate a little bit on the importance of positioning and then also if there is a specific height chair or or a seating system that you really like for babies? Yeah. So we want them to be able to support themselves. One, that's just going to help them feed themselves easier because if they're not able to control their trunk, then being able to coordinate using their hand to then pick something up and bring it to their mouth is going to be a lot harder for them. But we also, from a choking standpoint, want them to be able to have more control over their muscles too, to make it safer for them and digestion wise as well. Like it's, it's a lot harder to like eat if I'm just thinking about myself, like like <laughs> curled over in the side <laughs> of the high chair, you know, slumped over. So with a high chair, we do want to make sure that baby is sitting upright, that they're not angled back. Like they shouldn't look like they're in a recliner chair. So you could even roll up a little towel or something to help position them well. And then I do mm-hmm. like to see their feet supported. You know, the the IKEA, the, the IKEA high chair is a very popular. It's very inexpensive. It's easy to clean, but it has no foot support for baby. And when they're first starting to eat, that does help them with that control of their body as well to be able to anchor their feet down. So I suggest to people to either get a high chair that does have that support for their feet or to, um, if you have the IKEA one already, you can kind of rig something around it. They even make a product, I think it's called like the footsie, um, that kind of sits down there so that they can have their feet on there and they're not just dangling. You can think of yourself as an adult sitting, if you're like at a bar stool and you can't put your feet down on anything, it, it, it does make it harder to eat, I think. A hundred percent. And it's crazy. They make a product for everything now. I guess if there really is like some yeah. attachment, <laughs> there's a product for everything out there. And also some great high chair options because those easy to clean, um, there are a lot of them that are very new. I know when I picked a high chair, I, I think I chose a Fisher Price one because I was like, oh, well, that's a company that's been around a long time. So they must know what they're doing. But meanwhile, it was not very easy to clean. So I don't know. But I, I'm, yeah. sure the, I'm sure the Ikea one is actually, I think I've seen pictures of it. I'm like, oh, I should have another baby just to get a cool high chair like that. <laughs> the Another one that I really like is like, I, I never pronounce it right. Stokey, I or Stoka, it's mm-hmm. S-T-O-K-K-E. Yeah. It's more expensive, but it does, I mean, it grows with your child. It turns into a toddler chair, a booster, kind of like a booster seat in a way. And they can use it as a child. Sometimes you can find them on Craigslist and that kind of thing. So if you want to make the investment, that one is great. 
And that's a good Yeah, I've heard of, I've, I've heard and seen that chair before and it is, it's really nice. It's adaptable. It has that leg, that foot support that you had mentioned, Casey, um, to support the baby's feet. Um, it's a really, really nice height chair. Um, so definitely people should check it out if they're interested. So Casey, if some, we have moms and dads that are listening that are really interested in this approach because it seems really wonderful and it makes a whole lot of sense, um, you know, everything that you're saying. And it seems to be, like I know you said, there's, you know, it's still new, but it seems to be that there's a lot of um, positive benefits that are associated with this baby led weaning. So if parents wanted to learn more or maybe they wanted inf- more information, how could they find you or what could you offer them? I'm actually working right now on a starting solid guide that will just be a little ebook to basically say, here's exactly what you need to know to get started. If you want to start tomorrow, like if you only have this information, you could get started. So, because I do, um, I share a lot about toddlers, but I'm getting so many questions lately about starting solids with babies. So I want to make that resource available. So not ready yet, but we'll be ready soon. That'll be amazing. And I I actually have one more question that's a a little bit um, a tangent off of this topic, but related. When you get into that toddler stage or even big kid stage, we talk about kids knowing their own bodies and if they're full or not. And what would you say, again, within this model of baby led weaning and certainly hoping that that transitions to older kids, learning that interoception sense, when am I hungry? When am I not? Should we trust our kids, so to speak, like finish what's on your plate or eat until you're full? What is your recommendation? Because I feel like my parents certainly taught me like, eat whatever on your plate. Like we don't waste food. And I feel much more cautious with my kids. I don't want to push them to eat too much. I think we know a lot more now about the thoughts around food and, and obesity and training our minds to understand when we're full. So can you just expand a little bit on that as an extension, just in terms of when kids are getting a little bit older and how to think of this model yeah. into that? Yes. And this is a lot of what I talk about on my blog and on my Instagram because it is so incredibly important as a foundation. And what I follow is the Ellen Satter Division of Responsibility in Feeding model. And this really does start with babies. But what it says is that the baby or the child's job is to decide the division of responsibility in feeding says that it's the baby or the child's job to decide if they eat and how much. And the parent's job is to decide what food is served and when. So if we really stick to those, it sounds really simple and basic, but there's so many things that get off track when you don't follow that simple division of you deciding what and when. So you have that routine of the meals every single day. You decide what is served at those meals. Of course, you're going to take into consideration what your child likes. I'm not saying put in front of them like beef liver and, you know, like say, this is all you get, you know, so you want to incorporate what they like, but then you really need to leave it up to them if they eat at that meal and how much and they can do it. Like we see that this is how children get the right weight for their body by us stepping away from that. So we're not saying finish your plate. We're not saying eat more of that. We're not saying eat this so then you can have dessert. We're really staying out of it. And it can be hard for parents to do that, but that really is the best way to go. 
That's really helpful. I, I wish I had felt, uh, you know what, it's, it's actually so helpful for me going forward because I think I'm still grappling with some of these things. And I think we do, uh, even as our kids get older, it's how much do we control their portions versus how much do we trust our children to make those choices for themselves? And I guess the baby led weaning process is starting that from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Casey, this has been amazing. And definitely for all of our followers, you can even check out um, Casey's website, which is mamanosnutrition.com. And Casey, you have a lot of other ebooks and guides on here that I think would be really interesting, even past those baby years. I see you have a lot of stuff for toddlers, recipe books, um, you know, guide to healthy eating. So you have a lot of great resources on your website. Yeah, I do. One thing that people really love is my toddler snack guide. It's like all things that you can buy at Target for when you just need quick snacks. But moms are always like, I never know what is right when I go into the store and I see this whole aisle. Like, what Mm -hmm. is actually good for my child? So that one is really popular. People can definitely shop right on your site, which is great. And then I also see you offer your instant consultation. So if somebody had a question on picky eating or they just wanted to really connect with you to get some more specific guidance, you offer that as well. I do. Yep. Yeah. And that's all on my website. Perfect. And then also guys, so, you know, definitely check out her website and then also follow Casey on Instagram at Mama News Nutrition because you can follow along. And like I said, the content is wonderful. She has a lot of tips and tricks. And I think that everybody will learn a whole lot. And don't don't forget, you guys, if you're looking it up, it's Mama Knows underscore nutrition. I really didn't want to have that underscore there, but someone else already had Mama Knows Nutrition. So Oh, you're saying on, on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Underscore adds personality. Yeah. (laughs) Right. So it's mama knows underscore nutrition on Instagram. And then your website is mama knows nutrition.com. So this has been so great, Casey. We loved having you here and um, such an interesting, interesting topic. And we also look forward to that ebook that you're going to be putting out soon. Awesome. Yes. I had so much fun and I love following you ladies on Instagram as well. You do such a great job. So I'm glad to have you as a resource. Thanks. All right. Thanks so much, Casey. We'll talk soon. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Casey. Thank you so much for joining us today. Please note that this is general information. And since we do not know your child, it is best to contact your pediatrician or a local pediatric professional if you have specific concerns. We invite you to continue the conversation on this topic in our online community at totsontarget.com. Additionally, you can find any toys, books, or products we mentioned in our Amazon storefront located in our show notes or on our website. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook for daily tips on how to keep your tot on target.